Welcome to Is It Hard, a podcast documenting how we handle the unexpected shit life throws at us. When you're faced with a stage four cancer diagnosis that threatens your mere existence on this planet, you're forced to take a hard look at your choices in life. Disenchanted with the fear-based wellness culture that takes things way too seriously, we decided to script our own healing manual. One where we laughed our way into a better and yes, healthier version of ourselves. If you're seeking change without the extreme rituals and fear of death if you drink an unfiltered glass of water, then look no further. We are your down-to-earth guide through the hard shit. Because really, the answer is, it doesn't always have to be hard. Would you rather have everyone you know be able to read your thoughts or for everyone you know to have access to your internet history? Oh, internet history all day. No way, dude. Oh, the shit I think about is way dirtier than anything the internet can come up with. That's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, that was Because I've seen your internet history and it is, it's questionable. Yeah. It's quab. Questionable at best. Questionable at best. Quab, for well, sure. Hey, you know. All right. Well, icebreakers. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta. That's the best way to get to know someone. It's a good would you rather question. You gotta get to know what's out there in the world. <laughs> No better way to find it. Security Dan over here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'm Jenna. I'm Jesse. And uh, is it hard? Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes not. Yeah. So welcome to Is It Hard? It's the uh, name of our podcast. Um, You know, it's a pretty vague, open name there um you know a lot of people go take through a it lot how of you things. will take it how you will yes um could be cancer could be your wiener <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know why i'm kind of talking with like a southern twang right now I don't, is that coming out a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and you know what what i actually do that southern accent when i'm like imitating my dad who was born and raised in, or- in Oregon. Oregon? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He, I just is the when deep you, south. You know what I think? It's yeah. when you think of like a just a not that my dad's crusty, but like you know when you're just trying to be like a a crusty person, you just got to yeah. throw a twang on it. No offense to people in the south. I love you. Yeah, we used to live. We there. lived there. It was beautiful. You guys are great. Um. Anyways, vague, vague name. Yeah. Pretty specific so, podcast, I'd say. We're here to. Yeah. Share our story. Um, it's been pretty crazy. Um, we are married 12 years this year. 12 years. 12 years. We met in high school. We dated in high school. Um, Jesse grossed me out. He took me on a date and um, used a handicap placard so we could get handicap parking. And like that, mm. was, the, that was the end of the relationship mm. for me. Rolled out the red carpet. <laughs> That was it for me. It was not a love match in high school. We reconnected in 2010. You were home from a deployment. You were on leave. I think you skipped over the Buca de Beppo that I fed you. Buca de Beppo was... was I think it was a Buca de Beppo. Is that what we did? Ew, I blacked it out. Gross. I have what the kids say these days, the ick, just thinking about it. Yeah. 
I remember you also wore sandals, and for some reason, it really bothered me that I could see your toes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see they might bother a few people. But you know what? Now my babies have those toes, and I love those toes. Not your toes, but my baby's toes. Yeah, my toes have seen some things. They have. They've seen combat. Um, Shit, my toes have some things, too. <laughs> Oh God, this is going to be rough. Um, yeah. So 2010 reconnected. I was living in North Carolina, probably nine months later. The rest is history. We have three beautiful children. Um, we were living a pretty normal, you know, nine to five, actually pretty boring life, actually, if you think about it. Um, and then you were diagnosed with cancer in 2014 mm -hmm. and it's just obviously changed everything in our lives um you were 27 28 yeah do the math carry the two born in 85 2014 so yeah <laughs> 29 yep is that no i don't know is it i don't know God. statistics sorry okay so we were young okay okay it was melanoma to me that's like that's like montgomery burns from the Simpsons, like he's got melanoma, you yeah. know, he's like old, or every old person you see at the airport with, that's got a bandaid band on, on their head. head. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a melanoma. They don't even go to the doctor anymore. Probably. <laughs> they just I bet their grandkids just come over and like flick them off. <laughs> like, like M&Ms. <laughs> be a podcast where I'm heavily laughing into the microphone. It's so annoying for, for everyone else. I'm so sorry. I hate my laugh. It's the worst. Um, so yeah, Jesse had melanoma <laughs> in 2014. Um, that was the first diagnosis. We had a one-year-old. I was pregnant. It, it just, it changed us, right? It just changed us. We'll get into the nitty gritty. I think, um, in later episodes, we want to share, um, you know, what we did, what we didn't do, what worked, what didn't work. Um, you know, I think we're finding now that we're kind of on the other side of it, if you will, is that Jesse had a profound experience. I had a profound experience. We didn't really talk to each other the entire time about it. I think we just did what we needed to do to get through it. And, um, it probably didn't serve us in the best way. So I see this being a cool opportunity to share our story to other people, um, to use as a resource, but also to share our story to each other and, you know, have some hard conversations with some laughter, you know? Um, yeah. What do you see? What do you see this being? What do you want to share? Yeah. I, we've talked about it. Um, you know, I think in, for me, most simple terms is, um, I just hope to share my story in, you know, God forbid anyone is going through, uh, you know, what I went through or, you know, or, or similar circumstances, um, is that I, I just hope to help people in sharing the story and, and, and help people understand that there, you know, are a multitude of different things to, to, 
to do to try to help yourself. Um, and I think the first step is just do it. Um, which took some time for me to get to that point, I would say almost five years, um, and try, try a lot of things. It really in any aspect in your life is just, just trying it and getting that experience and learning something and taking the good away from whatever it may be, leaving the bad. Um, but you just got to do it. You just got to, you know, when you're, when you're kind of faced with that, uh, really kind of death, your mortality, your mortality, Mm -hmm. you're just like, shit. Um, I guess it's time to figure this out. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and hopefully just bring some solace to, to really anybody that might be going through a hard time or, or something that, you know, it's those things pass. Um, also, maybe that was a poor choice of words yeah, from talking say, about cancer. I mean, <laughs> I mean, me too. So, um, I mean, we're all going to pass, right? Yeah. Um, I think what's cool about our story is that, and maybe not cool, but also cool, is that we've had four times to figure it out. Like, I don't know anyone in our world that's had cancer four times. Not even just cancer, late stage cancer. Like, like teetering on the edge cancer has healed and then can share like that perspective. You know, back when you were diagnosed the first time in 2014, we didn't know anybody in their twenties that had cancer. Um, That has drastically changed now, 10 years later. I think I can count 20 people in our orbit that have cancer in their twenties, thirties, forties, even fifties. I mean, fifties is young. Um, And I think about the two 20-somethings that got that first diagnosis with a one-year-old and a baby on the way. And we were just like, what? You know, there just wasn't any sort of resource out there. There just wasn't any like safe zone. Um, And I would love to be that for people. And I think there's a lot of people out there now sharing their story um, of healing any sort of chronic illness. And I think there's space for everybody. I, I hope we reach the people that, um, the people that are questioning and the people that are looking for answers, but they're, uh, you know, maybe turned off by the really clinical, um, the clinical allopathic world. And then they're kind of turned off by that fear-based wellness culture that's out there. I, I think there's, you know, two, two different aspects of healing that are huge turnoffs right now for people. I think there's this all or nothing pressure. And when the stakes are your life, you know, when your life is at stake, you want to feel um, safe and you want to feel heard and you want to feel like you are making the best decision for yourself. And I don't feel like there's a lot of support for that. I think right now it's you do this or you're going to die. Oh, if you do that, you're going to die. If you don't do this, you'll die. And there's no real, there's no huge reach, I would say, because I think allopathic medicine is one thing. And I think right now functional medicine is 
you know, it's going to bankrupt you. So I, I think there's, we've done it all right. I think there's a good like middle road you can take where they both exist together and they're, they balance each other. And, um, I think we've found a really, like, I just keep hearing happy medium. Like, I think we've found this good middle of the road where we can exist and feel comfortable that we're supported by everything out there. Yeah. You know, it's that finding what works for you is not easy. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, it just, it takes that, you have to take that first step into just trying Mm -hmm. all of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And again, I I don't want to knock the, you know, traditional Western medicine. God knows I went through a shit ton of it Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of fallout from that, which, but at the time I knew that that was best for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And also in conjunction with that, I was doing all sorts of other stuff. Um, Some things that resonated a lot more than others, um, you know, that I still find myself doing to this day, kind of, you know, when I'm feeling a little stressed out or just for example, like my, my transcendental, transcendental meditation class I went to, um, cause and we'll get into this, but you know, um, but yeah, just some things that, um, that helped me kind of along the way that I still do. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. That was uh, my fault. I'll take a hundred percent responsibility yeah. for that. Um, um, <laughs> So aside, aside from just like the, the healing modalities, right. That I think are important to talk about. Um, I don't see a ton of married couples in this space sharing their story authentically, to be honest with you, you know, where one person is the patient and one person is the caretaker. I don't see a lot of conversations happening around that. I don't see a lot of people sharing their story, um, honestly to each other. Again, like I think there's hard conversations to have. I don't see, you know, people sharing it as parents. You know, we have children. Um, we raised children while you were sick. We had a, we had a newborn while you were sick. You know, there's a lot of different areas of life that your illness touched that I think, um, we can talk about that will be resources to people, you know, um, and different ways that, I did handled things or you handled things and conversations that need to be had that weren't had. I think now's a good time. I think we're in, you know, a better spot mentally, physically, you know, I think now's a good time to, to hash all that out. Um, I would love like in the future to have on all different points of view as far as medicine, healing, you know, I would love to talk to all the people that helped us and, and really do deep dives into all the avenues that, that we went down, because like you said, some resonated for you, some didn't. Um, I found some that maybe didn't resonate for you, but they resonated for me as a caretaker. And it led me down different avenues that then in turn ended up helping you, or you really found things that helped that kind of would shift just your perspective that ended up helping me. So I think there's just because it didn't stick for one person doesn't mean it didn't stick for the other, you know? And I think it ended up, everything we did ended up collectively helping us as a family. I think there's stuff that we do for our children now 
I mean, just the way we parent is completely different. Yeah. I mean, it just, just who we are today is so fundamentally different than who we were in 2014. Sorry, I had to take a big breath. I feel like I'm breathing heavy, like a pug. I feel like I'm pug breathing into this microphone. Um, but yeah, I just, we're so different. I get really excited about it. I'm passionate about it. I feel like um, our friends and family know us as one version of us, but I feel like there's another version that I would just love to share. I think this is like a safe zone to share it. I don't feel like anyone's like looking at me with like a glazed over look right now. Like she lost her mind. So no. And and honestly, we have like, I, I just hope that we practice uh, some humility through this too. Cause it's, we don't have the right answer. No, I, you know, it's, there's no cure to any of it. Um, there's no think, cure for being a stage four asshole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, and I actually have to pay some, uh, homage to your brother, uh, in this. And I think it really, really, for me sums up, uh, um, how, how, what lens you look through, whatever, whatever it is you're going through, um, in the statement that he told me and it was when I was diagnosed with stage four cancer, he's, uh, I think it was one of the first times I like went into remission. Um, or when I was diagnosed, he said, um, you don't have stage four cancer, stage four cancer uh, has a Jesse. Has a Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it's, it's so, it's funny, right. On, on the surface, but like when you really think about it, it's like, it's such a beautiful way to kind of reframe that, that like that state of mind. Yeah. It's like, it, it puts the power back into you. There's right? nothing wrong instead with of, you. There's something wrong with cancer. Right. Instead of submitting yourself to, um, like being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, powerless being a victim. Yeah. Or, or associating yourself with somebody who has cancer. Mm. It's, you know, it, it, it really, really helped. And I'll never forget that. Cause it's, it reshaped that, that way of thinking. It's like, wait a minute. Like I'm not somebody who identifies as, ha as having cancer, right? I'm still me. Yeah. Right. There's nothing's changed about me mm -hmm. except a few rogue cells, <laughs> rogue cells going, you know, some free radicals. Yeah. Yeah. So they, that, you know, which kind of leads into the importance of having a good support mechanism. Um, and I don't think I've ever even told him that. Because and I, I, I hope think he, hears he it, left that, that was, on a, it was a comment. It was a on comment. On a picture. Yeah remember when you were like the highest you've ever been on Dilaudid and you just yeah. kept wanting to take selfies. <laughs> and he commented on one of those pictures, but yes, yeah. Ryan is very much that way. It's yeah. like, he's going to give you these beautiful truth bombs in the driest package ever. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, again, I, I don't have the right answer. We don't have the right answer. We tried a shit ton of things, mm -hmm. Western medicine, Eastern medicine, uh, supplements, street medicine, street medicine. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. I, I don't know what it up. is either. It sounds it like tacos. Right. Um, <laughs> all of it. Um, so maintaining that position of like, I'm not going to let this define me. Um, you know, in just kind of moving through that, that 
life that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause you really have a choice when you're, when you're stricken with something, you know, like that news, you, you really have two paths to go down. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to submit to this and, um, let it define me and just bury my head in the sand and let doctors and people and, you know, the universe just start throwing garbage your way. Or you can sit back and say, Hey, I really need to follow what's best for me and, and go down that road. Be an active participant. Be an active participant uh, in your health. And God only knows I was nothing but an active participant in my health until this happened. Um, you were not an so, active participant you know, in your health. You were an active participant in your disease. Yeah. I mean, but most people are, they don't, they don't realize it. I think to your point too, you can let your illness define you. But what I'm really seeing that I think is important to talk about down the road is that people are really over identifying with their healing journey too. I think people are going to extremes down that road, which is not a, that's maybe not the healthiest way to look at it either. Um, and hearing you talk and, and I don't, I don't mean this in, in any way other than this is just what I'm hearing and I've never had cancer. So obviously I cannot empathize, but when I hear you talk, I hear you have an experience that was just yours, right? It's like, I have cancer. I did this. And, and my perspective on this whole situation, journey, whatever you want to call it, is that I saw it as more of a family illness, you know, where like I had to show up in a certain way for myself, for the kids. And then you had a separate experience. No, 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 no. no. I I don't, I don't mean it that way. And again, I know there's a lot to unpack there because there was four different cancer diagnosis over 10 years and you had four different wives show up for that. And and I'm very, very aware of that. Um, not that you were married to four different women. I'm speaking of myself clearly in third person. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it is interesting to see in a marriage, in a family unit, just really how drastically different the healing can be. And I think, um, all of it feeds into the greater health of the family unit. So that I think is important. I think there are people out there sharing, you know, their healing journeys, but like I said, I I don't see like a husband and a wife and what did that look like in, in a family unit and how do you heal like during the stressful younger days, you know, when you have a newborn and toddlers and you have to go to work, you know, there's so much on your plate. Like, what does that look like? So, um, yeah, I guess like if this was a sales pitch, that's why you guys should listen to us or not. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think this is exciting. We've been talking about doing this forever. This is the fifth intro that we've recorded, but I think it's been my favorite. So we should probably stick with this one. Um, yeah. What do you think? Any, yeah, any closing I'm, thoughts on that? No. Um, short and sweet, short and sweet episode zero. I'm really looking forward to kind of getting into, uh, the details, timelines, different perspectives. Um, 
you know, things we did uh, on an individual basis uh, as a family unit. Um, so I think it'll be an interesting walk through the last 10 years. Yeah. 10 and years I this think year. it will be 10 years in October. Yeah. Um, and I think our promise to everyone is that we will be completely honest and authentic and transparent. Um, I don't want this to feel like a scripted sales pitch. This is truly, honestly, I feel like number one, I want this to serve you and I <clears throat> in whatever capacity that it will serve us as individuals in our marriage. And if it um, is able to help people and reach people and, and move people in a certain way, like I think that's best case scenario. Um, but I want this to feel authentic and honest and yeah, just show up for each other in whatever inappropriate way we feel in the moment. Um, there's going to be a lot of jokes. There's going to be some curse words, but again, like that's just Jesse and I, and I think part of the healing is that banter back and forth. And so, you know, if we can leave you with anything, we want to leave you with this question. And this question is, is it hard? 